Uh, so we're in a series right now called Exponential. Um, it's a, a three-week series, and uh, last week we talked about the seed of faith and uh, just really what uh, when you don't really know what can happen when you put faith in the or the seed of faith what you place that in, like really what God can do with it. Uh, we talked a little bit about Abraham and how he was sent off from uh, his land to a new land. And uh, he wasn't, he had a promise from God and wasn't able uh, to look past the fact that uh, maybe you know, that promise wasn't going to happen right away. And for probably at least a decade, he just struggled with the fact that, hey, there was this promise and then kind of was getting to the point where it was okay to just, just give me whatever, you know, and sometimes in our life we kind of can settle for what, uh, just, God, just give me whatever you can, uh, because I just want something, uh, and right now it feels like I have nothing, and an exponential is the whole idea that, you know, God wants to multiply in your life, and, uh, a lot of times we, you know, uh, people want to talk about, it could be money or whatever, and, and, and that's not really what I'm talking about here. Like, hey, you know, God wants to take your bank account 10 times more, whatever. No. Like, what I want to talk about is exponential is the fact that God has promises for you. He has dreams for you. You have dreams for you. And, uh, and when we really surrender to that, that, you know, God uh, wants to do something great, but this is what happens. We miss it. A lot of times in our life, we miss uh, these exponential moments uh, because, uh, either we're not ready for it, uh, maybe we're not looking, and, uh, and so we're going to really talk about that tonight. And tonight it's called Right Place, Right Time. And so if you're taking notes, you can put that down, Right Place, Right Time. Uh, and uh, we're really going to address, you know, what does it look like for God to do something exponential in your life? Uh, but the question is, are you in the right place at the right time for that to happen? Uh, has anyone ever watched the video uh, where, I don't know, I, they make compilations of it now, but it's like, lucky, I don't know, I don't even know how to say it. It's like a bus is coming, you know, and it like almost hits the person and you know, you're like, what? Or the car goes and like hits a tree and then whatever. Uh, You know, yeah, like, yeah, something like that. It's like, you know, people, lucky people compilate, I don't know, whatever. And I was watching some of that earlier today and I'm just like, gosh, right place, right time, right? Uh Or would you say wrong place, wrong time? I don't know, because like they're in a situation where like they almost get hit by something, uh, and you would almost say wrong place, wrong time, but then at the same time they didn't get hit, so it's like, is it right place, right time? I don't know. It's tricky. I don't have the answer, so you're going to have to figure that one out, but (laughs) the point is, is that, you know, for us in our lives, especially when uh, we're just trying to figure out, God, what do you have for me? Uh, We get to a point where we almost feel like we're getting hit by something, uh, or we realize, man, that was close. Uh, or maybe it's not as, you know, life-threatening, let's say, but more of, wow, like if I wasn't here at this time, then this wouldn't have happened, you know, or I wouldn't have experienced this. Uh, and so I don't know if you have a story like that, that you're like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It could be something like you got Taylor Swift tickets just because you walked around the corner and someone was like, here you go, here's two, and you're like, right place, right time. You know, it's just, yeah, come on. There you go. You got it. They're coming your way. Um, it, you might have to wait a decade for that one, though. You know, yeah. That's a reference to last week's message, if anyone got that. No. All right. I'm on a roll tonight. This is good. Um, <clears throat> anyways, right place, right time. So I'm going to read uh, some scripture. Ecclesiastes 9.11 says this. Uh, I have observed something else under the sun. 
the fastest runner doesn't always win the race and the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes goes hungry and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy and those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It is all decided by chance by being in the right place at the right time. It's kind of crazy, huh? Like when you think about that, that uh, you could be the strongest, you could be the wisest, you know, but at the end of the day, still maybe you're not the best or you have what you think you would have, you know, hey, I'm educated, shouldn't I be wealthy? You know, whatever it is. But here I, I think it's so interesting at the end how Solomon's saying it all is all decided, you know, by being in the right place at the right time. And so I guess the question arises for us is like, well, what's the right place, you know, and when's the right time? Uh, exponential is uh, happening around us all the time, but we always miss it. Uh, do you ever feel like you're missing it? Or do you ever feel like you're just in that wrong place? I think the truth is that maybe you are, um, or maybe you're not. I just, you know, but sometimes in our lives, we, we are in the wrong place and we kind of get off track. Things happen and maybe we're not so focused on what God is doing. And suddenly you're like, how did I get here? You know, one day turned into three months and you're like, whoa, never expected to be here. And just little things added up and now you're in the wrong place. So maybe you are. Uh, if you want to be at the right place at the right time, then this is what I think we have to do. We have to look for where God is already working and what he is already doing. All right. So uh, for us, wherever we are, some of us are students in here, some of us teachers, some of us, uh, you know, we're in our career. Uh, some are looking for a career. No matter where we are, if we lose track of what God is doing um, or where he is, right, sometimes it can be not so evident. Maybe other times it is evident. Regardless, our call as to live an exponential life is we have to seek him and find out, God, what are you doing? Because I don't want to miss it. You know, if you're really doing something in my life or doing it in other people's lives, I don't want to miss out on what you have. Because wherever you are and whatever you touch is exponential. Because when you said, let there be light, it was more than just a light bulb, right? It was exponential. I mean, it literally turned, well, it made darkness disappear. You know, when he created things, it was exponential. When he created you, it's exponential. You know, the fact that all of us in this room have a different identity, that we all look different, different hair, different whatever, different, the fact that everyone's fingerprint is different in the world. Like it's things like that, it's crazy. God is an exponential God. And yet we miss it because we almost lose faith in what could be exponential in our life. And we lose faith or focus on what God is already doing. So uh, key ways for the right place and right time. I'm going to read John 5, 17. It says this, My father is always working, and so am I. Then a couple verses later, which is really verse 19, he says, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. I think that's kind of interesting. We're talking about the son of God, right? Jesus, he's saying that he can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. I think the key part is that he's saying that he sees what the father is doing. That Jesus can only do what Jesus was able to do because he had his sight on what God was doing. Yeah. Right? We read a lot of times where he got away from everyone. The chaos of everybody trying to come around him, whatever it was, says he went up to the mountain and prayed, or he did this. The reason why he always got away was so he could see what the Father is doing. God, I don't want to miss what you have. Where God is working is where we need to be. That is the right place at the right time. 
when we join what God is doing, it looks like this. We are sowing our resources into what he is doing. Then God multiplies it. All right, so our resources, uh, I mean, it's usually summed up in this. You know, we can say our, our time, our talents, and our treasure. Right? You probably heard that before. Maybe not. Time, talents, treasure, right? My time, that's a resource. It's a resource that I'll never get back after it's gone. That's one that is kind of scary and we waste a lot of time with, you know, when we realize, man, I binge watched for two weeks straight this one show, you know, and it's like, where's that time going to come back? It's not. You're, that's gone forever, right? Then you have your talents. Like, those, that's the giftings that you have. Three of them are up here playing instrument and singing, right? For you, it could be public speaking. For, for someone else, it might be, uh, you know, hospitality and just caring and loving and having compassion for others. Do you know your talents? Or do you know the resources that you have? And your treasures, usually obviously focusing more on monetary value, right? And that's something that you can either get more of or you can get less of. But at the end of the day, does it matter how much you have if you put your faith in what God is doing? God, maybe I don't have much, but I want to put my resources and sow it because I believe that it will be exponential, that you will multiply that because you can do far more than what I can do by myself. Uh, Life Church, uh, honestly, it's where I get a lot of these series, and uh, I heard a story uh, about them. I, I don't know if you know this, but Life Church is based out of Oklahoma, and they're the largest church now in America. Um, either from being a satellite church, like that you can watch online. Uh, I think they were one of the first online churches. But uh, the other side, they actually have like church buildings. And I think they're on their 30th, 31st, 32nd, somewhere around there. Like, honestly, it's almost like, I don't know. I mean, you think of like a franchise, right? Like you're like, oh, they're placing another Chick-fil-A down on 27, right? It's like literally this is life church. So they're getting to a point where skin's so exponential that they're just multiplying, you know? It started with one and then it was like three. And then from there, it's like two more. And then from there, it's like five more. And now they're at a point where there are 30-something churches that they were able, and this is the key part. It wasn't that Pastor Craig Rochelle is fully leading all of them. People have been trained and equipped to now yeah. go and lead lead those, right? Because like, for me, I can't reach everyone in Central Florida. But us in this room, imagine who we can reach, Mm -hmm. right? If all we said is each in the room, just find three people and serve them and disciple them. Mm -hmm. I mean, how fast, exponential that would be, right? When I do our Growing Spiritually class, uh, and I'll get back (laughs) to this story, but when I do the Growing Spiritually class, there's a thing I share at the end that's really cool. A horse can carry about 16,000 pounds, you know, just like if they were, had something on the back of them, they're moving. But if you had two of them, it's like 34,000. Like it's like four times more with two. Does that make sense? That's like, yeah. Am I saying it right? Am I saying it wrong? Is it 32,000? Just the math. <laughs> Did I say 34? 32? Well, if it's four times. Okay. Whatever. The point is, <laughs> the point is, is that the horse... Yeah. The horse can do like a certain amount of weight. And when you do, uh, when you bring two of them together, they can do like four times that. All right. And so it's just the idea that like us as a community, right, is that the more that we have, all of us, if we're working towards the same goal, the exponential effort that is there, we're able to multiply even more and do far more than we ever could do on our own. And that's honestly what the enemy tries to do. He wants to isolate each and every one of us. Either, and that can happen not only outside of, you know, church, but it can happen inside. When it happens inside, it's when you believe that you're the only one can do what you can do. 
right? Instead of saying, you know what? I have some areas that maybe I'm not that great at, or maybe I am great at, but I want to do it with others. Because if we combine both of what we have, it can multiply. And then we can do far more than I could do on my own. So with Life Church, um, they, there was at, this is when they were younger, but they had uh, another church in the area. And uh, they just lost their pastor. I don't know if it was just because, you know, he felt called to go somewhere else. Well, they reached out to Pastor Craig and pretty much said, hey, would, would you come and pastor our church? So what they were trying to do was pretty much pull him from Life Church and come and pastor their church. And he said, you know, I can't, I can't see that. You know, I feel like this is where God has me. And then he kind of said, I guess it seemed jokingly, almost like, hey, you guys can join us, though. And, uh, and so apparently a week later, um, the church said, okay, like, we'll do it. And, uh, and then I think 30 days, like a month later, literally, they took all their resources and sewed it into Life Church. And, and from there, uh, you would think one plus one equals two. This is where that God math comes in. From that church coming together, their one plus one ended up creating 10 times the amount of impact that they had with people and resources that they had. Like, so that was the beginning of like what Life Church ended up being able to do and what God was doing. This is the other crazy part. They're the same ones that made the Bible app that we use. All right. So at one point, they, uh, they tried making it as like a web browser, almost so you would just go and whatever, Bible.com type thing. Uh, and then it didn't work. And they realized, okay, it's phones is in everyone's hand, right? So they make an app. They're like one of the first 200 app developers when Apple said, we're going to create an app store, right? Like they like got in the beginning. They launched it, I think like a couple days later, there was like 87,000 downloads immediately. And they realized, we got to put a lot of attention to this, mm-hmm. right? So they did. Uh, and they got to a point where uh, be, they said, we, we could make monetary value off this, right? They could sell the Bible app, and they said, no. Like, I feel like what God has given us, we need to give freely. And when they did that, now today there's like, I, I forget the number they said, but I mean millions upon millions. And this is the crazy part, that in places, countries in the world that you're not allowed to have Bible, it's illegal, all that, people are getting it now on their phone. Where before, it'd be like they would see a tangible Bible and they'd be killed for it. But now it kind of, you know, I don't know, they're not searching through their phones. But now they have a phone with the translation of what they have. They also had a moment where they were so in debt um, just because they were growing so fast. Like, I mean, they literally had to keep making more buildings just because how many people were coming. It got to a point where uh, they said, you know what, let's gather all of our sermons. Let's gather all of the stuff that we made, graphic design, you know, whatever. And we can sell it for bundles, whatever, churches can buy it off us. And they got in a meeting and they just felt like God was saying, this is a moment, right? This is an exponential moment to do. And, and they felt that God was saying, you're going to be a little irrational. People are going to be like, what? This doesn't make sense because you should be making money to get out of debt. What they did is they said, we need to give freely. And us giving freely, don't know what that's going to do, but we want people to have these resources so they also can grow. So what they were doing when I share all that stuff is at the end of the day, they were taking their resources and said, I want to sow it into people. I want to sow it into people that it is not difficult for them to get, that when I give it to them, it will help them grow. And because of that act, because of that heart to say, we want to be exponential, from there, uh, thousands, 500,000 pastors, right, download all their stuff now for free. I'm using it, right? I'm using it right now 
to benefit us because I don't have the time to make a graphic or to like write all this stuff up. But at the end of the day, doing that, the church was able to still keep growing, that they were able to get debt free. And now they're at a place where they're still planning churches and living exponential. I mean, it's crazy. Like really, if you hear their story and I, that's all I got and they have more that they could share. But I think the key factor was let's take our resources and let's give it freely, right? I, whatever we have, why am I charging? Whatever I have, let's give to people because when we give and we sow into them, they're gonna grow and healthy things grow. And if people are healthy, people are attracted to healthiness, right? Because most of our lives are unhealthy and you wanna say, I wanna tap into something that is healthy. And so if we can get to a place where we say, what are your resources? Give that freely. And I guarantee you we're going to see exponential things growing. When God moves, we, have, uh, we oftentimes have to leave our plans and join what he is doing. I think the one verse that's been hitting me hard, uh, I, honestly, you probably, right now, I wish I could explain more, but this verse is speaking into my life a lot right now. And it's Proverbs 16, 9. It says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So in my life right now, uh, I'm in a situation where I, I realized I was starting to make some plans on my own. And because of that, the Lord kind of came in and has totally messed that up. <laughs> I mean, he really did. He's like, I got, I'm leading your steps somewhere else. And what I realized is that the choices I started to make, the plans I started to make for myself, uh, they now have consequences. They're not bad, but the consequences is I have to now back out of some things that I started to commit to right? And then on the other side, it's like, okay, Lord, I see that you're doing this. The question is, am I getting on board? Because you're obviously doing something in my life. And for you, maybe you're like saying, yeah, you know what? I've made some plans before and they didn't turn out the way that I thought it would. And you maybe know like, God, you were, you were leading my steps somewhere else. Right place at the right time needs the right response. There's a, a Hebrew word called, uh, I'm going to, I don't know if I'll say this right, but it's kara, Q-A-R-A-H. Yeah, we have it up there. It means God appointment. All right, kara is the Hebrew word in Ecclesiastes 9-11, which is translated being in the right place at the right time. Kara does not mean chance. In fact, there is no Hebrew word for coincidence. Kara means God appointment. In other words, being in the right place at the right time is orchestrated by the Almighty. He sets up appointments in the right place and right time and those he loves. So some examples we have is Ruth had her uh, Kara moment when she found the field uh, of her kinsman redeemer, which is Boaz. So there's a moment where she ends up stumbling upon the man that would fall in love with her. Abram's servant experienced Kara when, uh, when he found Rebekah to be Isaac's wife. Jesus traveled to Bethany at the precise time and raised Lazarus from the dead. All right, that's a Kara moment. That if he wasn't going in that direction at that time, there wouldn't have been a God appointment to raise Lazarus from the dead. God encounters, which are the right place at the right time. Sometimes jolting and fighting to be the winner gets you nowhere. Good guys do win, but it is because of grace and favor. Strive for excellence, then leave the rest to God. God has set up Karah appointments in your career, relationships, and life in general. Don't be discouraged by the success of others. Let them have their moment. You will have yours. Dedicate yourself to following God's divine plan. Rest in the fact that because of his grace, you will find those God appointments. 
More accurately, they will find you. So the question for you is, are you missing your Karah? So when you think about your life, you know, right now you're like, I want this to happen in my career, you know, or God, I've, I've been sowing this seed of faith and this promise you have for me. Are you in the right place at the right time for the fact that are you actually staying focused on what God is doing around you? And then are you stepping into that? So right now you're here on a Monday night or you come on a Sunday morning or whatever it is, and this can be a right place at the right time because your Karab moment is saying, God, I'm coming into what you are doing. If that was in worship, if that is through the message, if it's through discussion, or your Karab moments can happen tomorrow when you're going to work and you see that someone's hurting, you can just see it all over their body language and you walk up and you say, hey, I'm here for you. Is there anything I could be praying for? Well, yeah, this is what's going on. And then you pray for them. That's a Karab moment. I know for me, there's, I've had uh, times in my life where I look back and I'm like, man, I missed it. I missed it. I knew that person was hurting and I did nothing. Or I knew that, that God was doing something over here, but honestly, I just wanted to stay home. And, uh, and we miss it. But that's what the beauty of grace is. You know, a lot of times people see grace as only uh, this attachment to salvation. Uh, but grace is an everyday thing, you know, where scripture says that his mercies are new. And, uh, and for me, I'm encouraged by that because I realize that my right place at the right time, it's only going to happen if I wake up and I truly walk into what God is doing. Am I prayerful about what's happening in my life? You know, Father, here I am today. Use my gifts, use my time, use my treasure. You know, or I say so focused on myself that I don't even see what God's doing, that the person that's hurting right in front of me, I just say, how are you doing? And they say, okay. And I say, cool you know, where we actually don't stop to know how someone's doing. So are you missing your Quran?